Karen, you're back on, buddy. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Beautiful, mate. God's country, Brisbane. Home of your 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 Broncos, mate. They they got a leg up over those dirty nights on the weekend, mate. Was it uh did you earn those two points or did we just give them to you because we're so shit? Uh, we played probably for 20 minutes of that 80 minutes. We played all right. So, yeah, he definitely gave it to us, mate. That was... I think if we played any other side in the NRL, we would have got held up on that. <laughs> yeah, you've only, got to, you've only got to put a good 20 minutes together to uh, beat the Knights these days. Um, 20 minutes is probably uh, what Kurt Mann and, and Ponga put in the cubicle too the other night. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that one a little bit later. But... Um, Mate, the uh, plenty of footy topics to go through since you were last on. What was it, about a month ago? So, uh, Macca did a couple there. Owen jumped on last week. You you had the man flu or something last week. Did you, did you get through it now? The throat's all good to go? Oh, I had. I legitimately had a flu, but as the missus would say, they call it a man flu, so there was no mm. sympathy there. But, uh, yeah, all good, all good, mate. A few days rest and back on board. You can't, can't have too much of a rest when you're... When you're working, unfortunately. No, it's not, mate. When you run your own business like you do. I mean, you know, you know, man flu is a real thing. The women don't get this. Man flu is real. Like, we actually get affected worse by the flu than the females. It's because of our height and testosterone levels. So that's actually why we actually feel a lot worse when we get a flu than the women. So it's not a, not a sexist thing, oh, yeah. mate. We actually, it's a scientific fact. We actually get hit more by the flu than the women. So that's, they just don't understand. They'll never understand our pain, mate. They don't go through it like we do. No, they don't have anything in their life that would, um, <laughs> yeah, come close to it. No, nah, nothing close, mate. Their life's a breeze. Their life's a breeze. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> mate, um, August 11, a couple of days ago, it was declared National Hip Hop Day in the United States. They, they love a national holiday over there. What is your favourite hip hop song or artist? I know it's a hard question. I know uh, you're, a, you're a hardcore hip hopper from way back, just like Hinchy. He loves himself a bit of Eminem. <laughs> But, uh, mate, I'm always listening to you with your R&Bs and your hip-hop. So, uh, what is your go-to track, mate? Mate, I'm an, I'm an old Hilltop Hood fan from way back. Hilltop so Hood? What a great night. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, Hilltop Hood, what a great night. That was an absolute banger. Banger went back in my younger days. So. Back in the younger days. Yeah, I, I do love a bit of Hilltop. I do love a bit of Hilltop Hood still, mate. I, um, probably, yeah, easily the best bloody Aussie. Aussie hip hop hip hop artist of all time, I reckon. Anyway. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Hilltop Woods, I can definitely listen to them. They're um they're a great bunch. Uh, for me, yeah, give me the old give me the old Eminem Snoop Dr Dre combo from back in two thousand. Up and smoke. That was that was my go to as a youngin. Uh, two thousand. What was I about? Five six years old then. Yeah, mate, that was that was my go to back in the day. But geez, I, I got out of it real quick. It's only a certain demographic and age you can be into hip hop. I think once you get past like twenty five, I don't think you're cool enough to listen to hip hop. I don't know if you remember. Remember when Jay Z done that collaboration with uh, Lincoln Park? Oh, Lincoln Park! Yeah, I remember that. That was a good album. Yeah, he done that collaborate, done that, done that CD. That was yeah. That in the end, and that that was yeah. That was yeah. pretty awesome. That was a good good rendition yeah. of that. Actually, yeah, I remember listening to that heaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was about the best crossover. Not a, not a fan of Jay Z by any means, but when he done that with Lincoln Park, that was when Lincoln Park were absolutely up there top. So yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, that's a good one, uh, mate. A Mackay woman by the name of Jenny. She bought, I don't know if you saw this one, but she bought a full-page ad in the local paper, the Mackay and Whit Sundays paper up there, uh, ripping her cheating partner, Steve. <laughs> Is that Then she, at the bottom of it, she basically said that she used his credit card to put the ad out there. Fair game? Yeah. Uh, I've I seen, I seen, I think I've seen someone put an ad up. I don't know if it was real or not, but on behalf of all Steve's, we're sorry, Jenny. <laughs> I've seen someone put an ad up in a paper somewhere, which is pretty funny, but... Uh, 
yeah, fair game, mate. If he wants to, uh, if he wants to cheat, and credit card's still lying around, it's up to Jenny what she does from there. Right? Yep, yep. She's. Uh, I know someone else who's left credit cards laying around, and uh, mate, women don't need a second second chance to spend the money on it. That's for sure. So. Uh, yeah, Steve, you um, you dirty dog. You basically got what you deserved, and uh, yeah, full page ad. I guess everyone in Mackay probably knows who who it is by now. So, yeah, Steve's probably a little bit sheepish by then, but uh, hopefully he's still with the women that he uh, the, the missus that he you know cheated on her with. So maybe she saw it and she's gone running now too. Yeah, I think I would have booked. I think if I had the credit card, I would have booked flights straight away or a holiday or something. I'll have the credit <laughs> card, but. Uh... Rather than that in the paper, but anyway, that's just me. Yeah. yeah, different type of revenge, but yeah, so I would have been the same. I would have gone on a short yeah. spray tomorrow or something. Yeah, sure, I'll get some new joggers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mate, uh, run it straight for this week. Who do you want to run it straight? Anyone that's been pissing you off lately? Anyone you want to sort of stand up? Now we're getting into finals. Um, your Broncos, uh, I had a couple of losses lately. Is there anyone there or anyone else in the NRL you want to run it straight this week? Well, I'm getting pretty, getting pretty tired of some of... <laughs> Some of uh, Kevy's decisions, some of his Ooh. decisions in the selection of teams, it's uh, starting to be a bit of a beef with me every week. I don't know how he's picking Jake Turpin every week in the side, and they've told mm. Jake Turpin you're not you're not in our plans for next year, but they keep selecting him in the side over Corey Pakes, and it's absolutely doing my head. And Billy Walsh is actually playing decent, and I actually hate it when he goes off the field now, which is pretty sad to say. So. <laughs> Yeah, Kevy and uh, Jordan Rick- and Jordan Ricky. I don't know if anyone watched him play, but mate, he's making a thousand errors a game. So mm. yeah, Ricky, Ricky and uh, Kevy, they need to definitely step up for the Broncos. Is he getting a bit of vaso on his hands, Jordan Ricky these days? What does it go? He does does love a drop ball and an error. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he's doing. He's putting a bit of effort. He's not even putting effort. In, sorry, I should say they they don't start. I was when I was watching Fox Sports there Saturday night. It was like the sixtieth minute, and he done five runs. So <laughs> oh, I mean. Say what you know, Kurt Capewell's nothing flash and doesn't hit holes like kick out and do all this. But at least he has a bit of a dig and he's always there about. So mm. yeah, uh, Ricky, Ricky for me, Jordan Ricky, he's uh, he'd be on last legs if I was the coach. That's for sure. Fair enough. So Jordan Ricky and and Corey Pace and and sorry, not Corey Pace, but uh, Jake Turbin and, and Kevin Walters run straight for Kerr this weekend. Boys need a few wins to get, get themselves feeling good going into finals. For me, I'll say Volandis. I want him to run it straight because all this talk last few weeks about, you know, he's holding New South Wales government hostage. If they don't, you know, pony up the money and fix some of the stadiums, he's going to take the grand final to Brisbane again. Like, honestly, mate, like we're all grateful he got the game back after COVID and we had that break and everything like that. It seemed like he's made a few strides. But in the last 12 months, Volandis looked like a bit of a pork chop lately. So I'll say Volandis just shut your gob and just run it straight and just fix other things in the game apart from where you're going to put the grand final from year to year. Like, it's obviously a money grab they want to do each year and he keeps saying, oh, if we do it in Queensland, they'll sell out an hour. It's like, well, why don't you alternate it every year like you do with Origin? You're giving bloody one of our best games of the year to Melbourne and Adelaide and Perth every year. Like, why don't you alternate the grand final from year to year or every second, third year or something like that? Like, I don't know why he keeps signing these 10 and 15-year deals and then reneges on them with New South Wales government. It's... A load of crap, really. Like, just yeah, you know, make a decision and go with it, Volandis. Your big pork chop. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think uh, they should host the grand final in New South Wales every year. I know Queensland is like that, but it's like the MCG for the AFL. Yes, everyone knows every year this is where it's at. You set your plans. If you want to go down, you buy tickets early, like we did a few times. So yeah, yeah, Volandis is. Blandy thinks he's God to the game sometimes, some of his bloody the way he talks and that. It is traditional to have the, the grand final in Sydney. And I, I, again, we've done a few of those trips and they were always fun times to go down there for the weekend. But 
You even have a look at other play, uh, other sports, like, again, the NFL in America, they alternate their Super Bowl year to year. So you have other sports where, like, you know, basketball and baseball and hockey, they actually have, you know, a home-and-home home series because they have, like, a best-of-seven series. But the NFL, they actually chop and change their Super Bowl year to year. So they actually announce, like, a couple of years in advance who's going to be hosting the Super Bowl. And I think they share it around probably 10 or 12 different cities. Um, usually cities that are going to be all right sort of come February because of the snow and some of the cold temperatures they have there. So I want to make sure they have it in a, a decent climate or even a place that has like a dome so they're not going to get affected by the weather. But, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the idea of maybe every third year the grand final being shared around like they do with Origin. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably 50-50. I'm happy if they keep it in Sydney. But the way he's going about it, just by trying to hold New South Wales government, I mean, yeah, it's a bit bit high ask like these clubs can't make enough money and get enough sponsorship to upgrade some of these grounds or get better facilities themselves like i don't know what they're doing really they can't keep just being a bit of a handout for these clubs yeah i yeah i, I don't mind moving it but you can't be moving it what, what are we in middle of august like <laughs> you can't start threatening people i mean people wanting to make travel plans if you are going to move it every year it's yeah. got to be you know january 1 this is where the grand final is so yeah. everyone who wants to go they make the grand final plans boom so yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's for Land. That's for Landy. That's the way he operates. Whether you like him or loving me, a law unto himself. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Dragons versus Raiders finished. Bit of controversy from the weekend. Uh, was it a penalty? Yes or no? Uh, obviously, it's a bit of a costly call. The Dragons' season's now pretty much over. Carried. What were your thoughts at the end of that game? Yeah, I watched that game. Actually, it was a pretty mediocre game, and yeah, it was definitely a penalty. It was. I don't understand why they couldn't challenge it. Like, why were the uh, <laughs> Cowboys after the whistle allowed to challenge? Yeah. And then why weren't the, Ra- the um, Dragons allowed to challenge? Well, uh, it's a dead set square up. Like, Raiders should have been the same, exact same last time. It was it was actually exactly opposite sort of game. Like, Raiders were the better side for most of that game and they probably deserved to win, whereas the last time they played Dragons were the better side and actually probably deserved to win. So, yeah. Um, it was it was 110% a penalty, mate. He went to hop up and Harrow and I were pretty hands back on Diego, so... Yeah, it, it was a square up, and they were never going to blow the whistle. But I, I don't understand why they weren't allowed to challenge. Has he, Landy's or anyone from outside why they couldn't challenge? No, no idea. I mean, he called full time. Well, they didn't have a challenge. They might not have had a challenge. Though. That might have been that might have been the thing. I don't know what they had challenged. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't know if they had the challenge, but I mean, he did blow full time. Whereas the difference in that Cowboys Tigers game is he hadn't blowed in full time yet. So I guess he was sort of. And well, in that one, he hadn't even made a decision. He just asked them, "Do you want to challenge?" And they were like, "Yeah, we'll challenge. We don't know what we're challenging, but yeah, sure, we'll challenge." <laughs> like we don't don't really know. You haven't made a call or a decision on anything, but we'll challenge anyway. Yeah, oh, who the hell knows? Like these referees, I, I know we don't want to keep harping on them, and we don't want to keep you know giving them stick for some of their decisions, but especially on that one, like the Dragons, like it, that was their season on the line. We always say, you know, okay to make these, you know, these bad referee calls that decide games sort of in the rounds, but if it happens on grand final day or it happens in a semi-final, but, you know, these things do happen. I mean, this was basically a, a grand final for the Dragons, and unfortunately it's kind of cost them their season and they've probably got nothing to play for for the next few weeks. But, you know, this is the refs and we'll have to keep going with it. On to Latrell. Is anyone playing better in the NRL right now than Latrell Mitchell? Yeah, it pains me to say it. I'm not a not a Latrell <laughs> fan by any means, but uh, yeah, he, he he definitely is. He's, he seems to have so much time on the ball, um, mm. and when he does take the line on, he's he's incredibly tough to tackle. So, yeah, if he sta- if he stays fit, 
yeah, um, I don't want to admit it, but Rabbitohs are a bit of a sneaky if he does stay fit. They, they absolutely decimated the Eels on the weekend, didn't they? Like, well, yeah, 26 <laughs> nil. I mean, do you want to play them in September? Like, you, how, how far do we think they can actually go? Like, where would they – if you were to do a power rankings right now, so say, like, Panthers and Cowboys are probably up there with the Sharkies. Like, after that, is South the next best team? No, no. I was just saying this to um, Marco on the weekend. Oh, I think I think Roosters are my second thought. I'd have mm. the Panthers. Panthers still out front, but oh, I don't think anyone would want to play the Roosters. I think if the, the Roosters are above the uh, Roosters, have got a lot more attack through the middle than the um, and out wide than the Rabbitohs do. The Rabbitohs outside backs a little bit, little bit plainer. So yeah, yeah. I'd have Panthers number one, then Roosters number two, and then I think there's Storm, Cowboys, Sharks, and Rabbits are all pretty much. Pretty much neck and neck for that third spot. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, I mean, Roosters got a sombrero cap, so they should be coming good this time of year. Jesus, surely, a few more paper bags for the boys. Well, did you see that? Um, uh, what Buzz done the other day? But on three sixty, there was there's four point five, nearly four point seven million dollars invested in seven players. <laughs> oh, so they got for the rest. So the rest, the rest of the thirty man, well, the rest of the twenty three players in their squad. They've got um, four, they've got half the cap, or a bit under half, or nine point five million, so a bit over half the cap. Beautiful, which is staggering, staggering to me how that works. <laughs> Brown paper bags at the Maccas. It's been well known about the, uh, you know, I think uh, that was the whole reason why I went there. I think he's U uh, Foods and a few other companies that you know, Uncle Nick's got his uh, finger in a few pies. You know, gets uh, get some good sponsorships for the boys there, and uh, that's how you beat the salary cap, mate. It's it always startles me that they actually, the NRL actually had got advice from from Uncle Nick on how to actually do the salary cap. So they actually operate the rules on what Uncle Nick has advised them on. They reckon that on the golf course, I've heard stories that on the golf course down there, Uncle Nick takes the boys for a round of golf and there's twenty, thirty thousand dollar bets. So yeah, he's pretty regular between he, Uncle Nick and the boys, and he's not, he's not, he's not a. He's not Tiger Woods on the golf course. Nah, he's a terrible golfer, mate. You you could probably beat him. He's that bad. Apparently, the boys he's uh he's owing two thousand apparently on the golf course. Uncle Nick just can't can't catch a break. Yeah, the old twenty thousand dollar bets are pretty pretty frequent. But anyway, yeah. that's the that's how the roosters operate, and that's how they always will operate. I don't think anyone will ever touch the roosters. Oh, that's it. Uh, we alluded to it earlier, but the Knights boys, Kalen Ponga, and everyone's man, Kurt Man. Uh, some toilet cubicle controversy from Saturday night. Um, were they swapping laundry powder or were they rubbing a bit of vaso on each other's legs? No one's really sure. The Knights came out today and basically said they're still investigating. Everyone thought they were going to drop the hammer on Ponga, but they haven't really done anything as of yet. His dad, Andre, came out yesterday and basically said that he had made an exciting house purchase on Saturday and was out celebrating with the boys and was feeling a little bit sick, and they went in there to help him out. Are you buying any of that story, Carrot? Yeah, I think old Andre. Old Andre. Oh, yeah, that's a classic one from old Andre. Mm. Um, it's a poor look from Ponga. Was it? It's Saturday, it's Saturday night. His team. His team got pumped. Mm. He's the captain of the club, and he's out getting hammered. For me, if you're team captain, you're sitting. You're sitting in the. Um, you're sitting up there with O'Brien. You're doing everything you can to help the boys. You're in the dressing room. You're. You're caring more about the club. So I think it's a horrible look, and I think it's a reflection of where the Knights are at at the moment. For, Forget about whether he was allowed to or not and all this sort of stuff. The blokes had how many HIAs getting hammered drunk in the toilets and doing whatever he's doing. It's, it's a poor look for the club, and I think it's a poor look for Ponga. I wouldn't want my team captain doing that, that's for sure. The thing I'm actually upset about the most, uh, being a, what would I call myself, a passive night supporter these days, 
it's been three days now since the incident and I'm yet to get the video from Macca. Like, well, I thought that was the whole reason we're mainly friends with Macca is because he always gets his hands on these uh, NRL scandal videos and usually we've got it in our inbox usually a couple of hours after it happens. But Macca, what's going on, mate? I haven't seen this Ponga video yet. Um, you're letting it slip a little bit. I know he's been moving house and that lately, but still no excuse. Um, yeah, what do you, what do you think, uh, Captain? Macca, Macca, usually, Macca usually gets them when they're... Um when there's sexual acts involved, Macca usually Oh, is that anyone, it? So. Oh, okay. So there's no sexual, so there must act be involved, sexual yeah. acts involved. Oh, okay. Yeah, that must have saved longer. So that's the only reason Macca doesn't have it. Yeah, right, yeah. I did see the Gatoni Stags one, and I just, oh, I can't look at people's toes the same ever again after that video that Macca sent. So, um, yeah, Gatoni loves his toes. Um, mate, so the captaincy, should he be stripped of it? Oh, I don't know how they gave it to him in the first place. I, no. I don't think he's a natural captain. No, I think not. it was just a desperate. They were that desperate. They were that desperate the night to keep him. Let's be honest. They would have given him if he wanted to be coach, like, like, like. Um, actually, Paris Saint Germain over in the football over in France. They, they were that desperate to keep um their top player and Buffy. So they offered him a job in the coaching, and he gets to decide who coaches. So I, I think the Knights were that desperate. They would have pretty much done the same thing with Longer to be honest. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, Peter Parr only just joined the club a couple of weeks ago from the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, nice uh, nice start to the new role, Pete. You've got to uh, clean up this mess and uh, try and get some control of the club. And, um, yeah, we'll see if they make some big decisions in the coming weeks regarding, you know, some of the players and the coaching staff and where they're going to go next year. But usually when you get a new person to run the football operations, they usually want to shake the place up a little bit and they usually – make him point the finger and swing the axe and see what happens. But, um, yeah, there might be a big off-season for the Newcastle Knights fans coming up because things could look a little bit different come next year. And for me personally, I bloody hope they do. The up-and-down Eels, as we said before, they were held to zero by the Bunnies. Kerrit, you've been crowing the Eels all year long as the grand finalist with Penrith. Do you still have hope for them to have a deep finals run? Yeah, it's getting less and less, mate. I the more that they slip away from the top four, the more that I think they got no chance. I, I still think on their night they can beat anyone as as they've shown, but mm. the more they they can't put four, or they can't even put they're lucky to put two performances together now. So yeah, they get Moses back. I think Moses is back this week. So oof, they need a big they need a big one this week. That's for sure. Well, they but, seem um, to have yeah, the formula for the def- Panthers, but I mean, like they beat the Panthers twice this year. Weirdly, it's their only losses yet. Yeah, you see him come up. I mean. Absolutely smacked by the Bunnies, smacked by uh, the Cowboys. They've been smacked by a few teams this year. I just, I don't know. Like, it's just, you never, never know when it comes to Parramatta. They'll look like one of the best teams in the league one week, and then the next week they'll, they'll can't even score a point. The Eels this year, I, <laughs> poor old Brad Arthur must be pulling his absolute hair out. What Eels side's going to rock up? So. Well, he's got no hair. Yeah, so, no, I'm yeah. Starting, starting to slip away. I, yeah, Eels aren't my grand finalist now. That's definitely changed over the last month, six weeks. That's all right. Cameron Munster, rumoured in the last day or so, new deal with the Dolphins is pending. Uh, he committed to the, the Storm a couple of months back for next season, but beyond 2023, he is open for business. Apparently, the rumours are a $6 million four-year deal with Uncle Wayne up at Redcliffe. Would you like to see Munster leave the Storm and go to Redcliffe, Carrot? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it, mate. I'd... <laughs> I'd love to see the storm fall apart. Uh, <laughs> that's probably from a that's probably from a uh, little bit bloody selfish point of view. Uh, I'll keep that sound bite and I'll so send dominant. it to him for this weekend's game. Yeah, yeah, the storm's been so dominant for so long. I've had the wood off over us. 
so long that it'd be nice to see them come back down to the pack, which, yeah, if they lose Munster, they definitely will. Uh, they wouldn't have beaten the Panthers on the weekend without him. They probably won't win another, wouldn't win another game this year without Munster. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. It'd be, Dolphins need it. Jeez, they desperately need it. They've got a, they've got a pretty average squad for next year. So they just need to try and get through next year and get a couple of wins. And then if Munster's going to come the following year, that'd be huge for the area and huge for, Huge for Munster, six million dollars. Yeah. Be mad to turn that up. Good retirement money. Couple of couple of uh, condos maybe on Redcliffe on the water. There he'll be he'll be right for right for the years after his football career, mate. Other guys that have got some some interest in the market. Jeremiah Nanai. Now he hits the market November one. Uh, he can actually negotiate and sign with another team. Um, he's had a great breakout year with the Cowboys, obviously playing State of Origin. He's the leading uh, forward try scorer this year. I think he's coming third overall uh, in the competition. Do the Cows have to break the bank to keep him? And what do you think his price tag will be after this year? Uh, yeah, I think they do. I think they've, I reckon they've made a bit of an error in paying uh, Leilua so much money to come over. I, I, I reckon they could have got by without him. I think Lukey got injured this year, but. Yeah, I don't know. Peyton, Peyton's doing a pretty good job up there. So far from me to tell him what to do, but I think they were paying Leilua six or seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm. Um, they they got Drinky coming off November one as well, so he mm. can start negotiating. Yep. Townsend's on a good wicket. Uh, Dearden's going to need an upgrade, I'd imagine. I think they're only paying him three or three hundred fifty grand, so he's not getting paid a lot. Um, he's not a superstar, Dearden, but you know he's. He does his job every week and be a few clubs that just sniff around him. So they're going to have a real hard time. Uh, what's Bell on? 900 or a million dollars? So that that's a lot of money they're paying for a centre. Mm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Nano easily is easily worth it. If 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 Leila was worth 700 grand, then Nano is easily worth 700 as well. Yep. He's got a lot higher ceiling. He's only what 19, 20 years old, and he's got a lot higher ceiling. So yep. yeah, I, I think you'd get a club. You'd get a club that would easily offer him 800 grand. I reckon now. Before we did the podcast, you did send me a list of the NRL rich list, which I think was released about a week or so ago. Your boy Dave Fafita there on his, his million-plus dollars. I guess he'll go through the million-dollar players, and you just let me know if you think that they're worth the money that they are for their club, yes or no. So on the eighth spot, we've got Dave Fafita on. Well, it says a million. I thought he was on like 1.2, wasn't he? But uh, Dave Fafita, is he worth a million, yes or no? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> If Can't whatever be. you look at Nano, you look at who would you prefer, Nano or um, Fafita in your side? So, yeah, definitely. Ah, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. I would, I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay more than six hundred grand for an edge back row, but that's, that's my opinion. Not this was the one that shocked me. I didn't know anything about this, but Jesse Bromwich on a million dollars a year—that can't be right. I said I was going to bring that up too. I was seeing that too. I thought that that can't be right. But no. Nah. Yeah, the day I looked at the Daily Telegraph as well, and they're all reporting a million dollars for it. I, I can't understand how he's. Yeah, the Storm were paying that sort of money for him. So I yeah, that anyway. especially the Storm, they don't pay any any forwards. I, I can't believe he's he's on a million dollars a year. But anyway, um, number six we got Tommy Turbo and James Tedesco at one point one. I guess we don't really need to ask if they're worth that money. Well, look at the Seagulls. Ask the Seagulls if Tommy Turbo's worth that much. Yeah. Well, if he's on the paddock, yes, but um, yeah, if he keeps getting injured like he does, uh, yeah, maybe that money isn't quite. A good investment. Teddy, definitely worth the 1.1. Number four, Ponga at 1.1. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. I'll let you say if you think he's worth the money, Kerrod. For his three good games a year, he's worth it. But for the other other 10 games a year that he plays and the other 10 games a year that he's injured, he's 
The anyway, three good, the three good games a year. Is that for Origin? Yeah, for Queensland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Queensland should pay whatever. Queensland's paying more. It's worth. It's worth. Yeah. He should just play three games a year for Queensland and then a couple of lead up games. That'll, that'll do it. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's uh, all he does do. That's all he does do, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, Queensland always seem to get the best out of him. That's about it. Number three is Benny Hunt, also on 1.1. He's my tip for Daily M Player of the Year and your former Broncos great. Um, Benny Hunt, is he worth the 1.1? Yeah, oh, he's worth more than that to the Dragons. He's worth yeah. he's worth double that to the Dragons. Like, yeah, they, they wouldn't even they would they would be dead set with spoon certainties if he wasn't if he wasn't a part of the team. Yep. Number two, Daly Cherry Evans on one point two. I know you've bagged him in the past. I've always been a good supporter of Cherry Evans. Um, do you think he's worth one point two million dollars, Carrot? Oh no, nowhere near it. Nowhere near it, mate. Nowhere oh, near it. You're still bagging him. I'm still bagging him, mate. He he was. He was horrendous on the weekend against the Titans. So look at that cutout pass he threw to Kelly. He's a very he's a very good player, but not for one point two. He's uh yeah, nowhere near that to me. All right. And last one, number one, Nathan Cleary, one point three million. Is he worth one point three million carat? Is he overpaid? Should he be paid a little bit less? Should he be paid a little bit more? Um he is, I guess, the best player in the game. Um, but one point three, is he worth it? Oh he, yeah, well, number sevens are worth it now. Like you just gotta see. What a good number seven does to a side, as long as you've got a few few weapons around him, which the fences do, then yeah, 1.3 million for a top halfback is, is what it's going to be. And the number seven's almost become like the quarterback again. So he's worth it. If fences weren't paying him, there'd be a lot of other clubs that would give him that, plus probably a bit more. So. Now, speaking of new deals and that, Cameron Seraldo apparently has agreed to a five-year deal with the Doggies. Beater will be happy with that. My question to you, Carrot, is why do these rookie and new coaches get such long-term deals? Uh, have any people not learnt from the mistakes of the Anthony Seabolds and Trent Barretts and Adam O'Briens of the world? Like, you, you sign these sort of, you know, assistant coaches and you bring them in as a, a head coach and they always seem to get these four- and five-year uh, five deals. Like, they haven't even proven themselves at top level yet. Um, why do they keep? Why do these clubs keep giving new coaches five-year deals? I was thinking about that the other day when they signed him. I, I think they're that desperate to get him. Like he's got that bigger wraps around him. Everyone's saying Seraldo, this Seraldo, that, and I reckon his manager would say, "Yeah, right, we'll sign on." But my client, you know, Seraldo wants a wants the security of a long-term deal. So, but who are they bidding against? Yeah, what other I, clubs were out there saying they were going to give Seraldo a four or five-year deal? Like I just, I just don't get, oh, especially when it's an assistant. Tigers had that lined up for him and more. Like they would have probably given him a ten-year deal. They were that desperate to get him. But mm. yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have, or, or I would have given him probably a two or three-year deal and maybe like a club, club option of the fourth and fifth year or something like. That. Yeah, I think it's crazy to do a five-year deal. Like Seabold is going to be the bloody the next, the next Craig Bellamy. The way that they're talking Seabold up, and <laughs> you look what happened to him. So, um, it should could be. It yeah, should be called this. It should be. Monday, it should yeah. be called the Seabold clause. Like all the Seabold effect, oh, it, like, it, it should not be allowed to sign a rookie coach for five years, and it should be under the the Seabold clause. Well, Phil Gould thinks he knows everything, and he thinks he knows more than the rest of us. I was watching um, that hundred percent NRL, whatever they call it, on mm. Channel Nine last night. With him and Gal were going on, and oh. yeah, they were going on about the Roosters juniors. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but have a look on Facebook and have a look at it. And yeah, you know, Phil Gould's an absolute hotspot. Like he's going on Gal. I don't like Gal much, but Gal was spot on in saying the Roosters do not develop any juniors. And Phil Gould says, yes, they do. They pick them up as, they sign them as 16-year-olds from other development clubs and they develop. And Gal said, well, they're not developing juniors. And 
it went on for a good couple of minutes and Gal was just saying, you got no idea, I've been in the game for 30 years and I'm like, yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway have a watch of it. Google's a dead set top spot. Like, who do you want to put? That's who? not developing a junior. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't understand. What, what, what's the argument? They're not developing juniors. They're picking up the best of the bloody 16, 17-year-olds around and giving them fucking all these incentives because they got all the money from Uncle Nick. So yeah. It's just, yeah, it does my does my head in. So if any club deserves the bloody get knocked on the head, it's the bloody dogs for putting up with Gus Gould. Gus Gould and uh, Paul Gallen. Whose face do you want to rub in a big pile of dog turd more? I'll get Gal talks a bit of smack, but I, I, I think Gal is pretty pretty fair deacon with what he says. So and and all that stuff about origin. At least back in the day, he was always trying to build up the rivalry and all that sort of stuff. Like yeah, he's a top but uh, you know he was always trying to build it up. And like even the fights now. He's trying to build it up with Hodges and trying to get money for yeah. himself and all that. And I think he puts on a bit of facade, whereas I think Gould's just a genuine wanker, to be honest. Yeah, he's lost the plot, Gould. He doesn't even doesn't even know what hair colour he is these days. He's got four or five different bloody rabbits going around that head at the moment. Your old Bronco boy, Corey Norman, he just, just can't stop being a pest. Um, he's now apparently facing an eight-week ban in the UK Super League for pulling a hopawade on another player. Um Good to see Corey hasn't really changed. What's worse, someone connecting on a head-eye tackle or someone connecting on a hopawati? Uh, I've seen that his manager come out, or manager or agent or something, Corey Norman come out and said that that's not like my, you know, not like Corey. It's not within his nature. It must have been a mistake. I'm like, I don't really know how it's a mistake if it's a finger up someone's ass. So, uh, I didn't <laughs> no, know it can just slip in there, mate. It can slip in. It just happens, you know. You're, you're grabbing an yeah. arm and a leg, yeah. and sometimes your, your digits just they go up a brown hole. Sometimes it just it just happens in rugby league. It happens nearly every tackle, doesn't it? Oh, mate, I, who gave him a contract? I thought he was done. I didn't even know he was <laughs> over in the Super League. Someone must. They must be desperate. Surely there's young England boys over there that are better than Corey Norman. He's he hasn't played a good game in ten years, that fella. Nah, mate. All the washed up players from here from the NRL always go over there and they end up becoming superstars or almost winning man of the man of steel and things like that. Like how many times have you seen I mean, I remember it was like Ben Barber was completely washed. No one wanted him. He had all these issues and problems. He went over there and he was player of the year, like his first or second season. So yeah, no, nah, mate. They, <laughs> the quality of the guys there. Like well, usually a, when they put a, an English like test team together, it's usually pretty good. But yeah, the amount of quality stretched over like a 12, 14 team comp. No, nah, nah, mate. I think Kerry, you could probably still get a start on the wing over there. Oh well, here's a stat for you. I was reading the other day. They reckon Brody Cross, Brody Cross is in the top five players in Super League. How's that? There you go. Point made. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, what are, the Super League used to be good, like St. Helens and Wigan and that, like when they used to come over and the, you know, when they had the bloody league, the challenges at the end of the year and the yeah. World Club Challenge, they used to be good games and that, but they don't seem to have any. So, nah. Crazy. I, I think a lot of the European teams, they've really, really gotten strengthened by union over there these days. Like uh, a lot of the European and countries. There's a lot more money in it. Too. Yeah, a lot more money in union and they just seem to be developing union a lot more in the European nations now. And I think rugby league's sort of taken a bit of a slide in quality. Definitely over in the UK and that, because um, you don't even see like Ireland and France and teams like that really want to compete in like the, the World Cups and that. It's all just a bunch of NRL players that don't make, you know, the Australian team that play for those other countries now. So, um, yeah, they're sort of, it seems like well, anyone who's got any type of talent over there just seems to get poached by union. So, um, but yeah, who knows? Old Corey, good to see he's still up to his old antics and um, yeah, he'll, he'll probably have a... Probably have another five or six years in the UK. They, they'll take a lot for them to get rid of a quality player over there. Or at least he wasn't quality here. He's quality over there. Uh, Kerrod, 
Daily M Awards are going to be coming up in about a month's time. Now, I spoke probably last week uh, with Owen about Coach of the Year and probably maybe Daily M Player of the Year, but I thought maybe we'd go through some of the positions. So I've asked for your outside backs, the fullback, the wingers, and the centers. Do you have who you think your front runners will be for those positions? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Uh, fullback, oh, fullback, I'd oh, 110% go. Actually, Dylan, Dylan Edwards would be my pick for fullback. Everyone will probably go to Desco and Tedesco will probably win it. But yep. uh, Dylan Edwards, mate, you, you see what you see what he's about when uh, Panthers don't have him. I don't know if Cleary, Little Eye and that. But, yeah, I reckon they actually, I don't know if they beat the Storm, but I, they definitely don't let in 16 points. And I reckon they get another try or two if he's there last week. So Yeah, definitely. Dylan Edwards would be my, my fullback of the year. My winger of the year, yeah, it'll have to be Alex Johnson because he's got so many tries. But, mm. My feel-good story would be Corey Oates. I know that's a bit oh, Broncos rah rah, but mate, he was he was dead set done. Like last two years has been horrendous, and he you know, barely he could barely get running Q Cup, and he's back scoring. You know, what's he on? 18, 19 tries. So, yep. uh, Alex Johnson, Alex Johnson probably deserves it with twenty-five tries already this year. So, um, but yeah, it'd be him and uh, Corey Oates and Senna would be uh, Senna be Joey Marnie. I don't know if there's too many better centers. I think if I think if Val Val sort of kept his form up through Origin, maybe, but um, he's been pretty pretty unreal, Val. But yeah, Manu's been on a bit of a different level this year. And well, they'll I pick two centers. Three rounds coming into the final. They'll pick two centers. Yeah, so, that's true. That, yeah. That, yeah, that's true in their team of the year. But um, yeah, Manu head and Manu head and shoulders above everyone else. And yeah, Val with his Origin series was yeah, he deserves the other spot for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with them. All right, mate. Round twenty three preview and teamless. Let's get into it. Round 23 kicks off on Thursday night, 7.50. Big clash. We were just talking up the Rabbitohs and not wanting to play them. The Panthers have now got that task. They don't have their halves. Dylan Edwards is back, but Luttrell and the team are firing. Kerrod, how do you think this team matches up against the defending premiers? Can the Bunnies keep going? Yeah, well, they've definitely got them at the right time for sure. So if they're ever going to beat the Panthers, it's, uh, it's well and truly got to be this week. So... And Rabbitohs realistically have to win at least two of their two of their games to secure the final spot. So, yep. uh, I'd like to see the Panthers get back and keep winning because I'd like to see the Broncos move in front of the Rabbits. But I think they might just have a couple, couple, maybe too many points in them, Rabbits. Yeah, Campbell Graham back as well. That's a that's a big in for them out in the centre. So it just sort of strengthens that that back line a little bit. Lachlan Ilias as well back in at halfback. So. It's a pretty half-decent-looking back line with all those guys there now with Latrell and Alex Johnson and Cody Walker. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the Bunnies, after winning 26-0, and they've got a stronger line-up this week, I think they might they might maybe put a little bit of a number on the Panthers. Yeah, I don't know if they'll put a number. I think Panthers will be a lot better with Dylan Edwards. Uh, I don't know if they'll... Yeah, I don't think they'll let... I don't think they'll let, let another nil score go by with Dylan back. But, uh, yeah, Rabideau's too strong for me. Yep, Rabbitohs for me. Uh, 6 p.m. on Friday, the North Queensland Cowboys are hosting the New Zealand Warriors. Cowboys, they're probably locked into that second spot, but they probably do still want another one or two wins uh, to secure a home semi-final in round one. The Warriors, they're pretty much playing for laundry powder in the off-season. Carrot, how's this one going to go? Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are short of that second spot. I think the Sharks are on the same amount of points, and the Sharkies next this week and the next two weeks, they've got a very easy run. So I think the Sharkies might bloody snag that second spot off them, which will be huge for the Cowboys because mm. if they've got to get a Shark Park that first week, that'll um, that'll be a huge difference between playing up there in Townsville and going to Shark Park. So 
Um, I prefer to see, hopefully the Cowboys can get in front of the Sharkies for Queensland, but um, yeah, I don't think they're definitely short of that second spot. But yeah, this is, this is a good game for the Cowboys. They needed this. They've had, they were on the road. They had to travel to Bundaberg, which I know they're still in Queensland, but it's not an easy trip for the Cowboys to get to Bundaberg mm. um, from Townsville. So, you know, they were in Bundaberg and then they had to go down and play at the SCG. So they've had sort of two. So it's sort of more or less been on the road pretty hard for the last two weeks. So yeah. This is a perfect game for the Cowboys. Uh, Warriors just don't travel. No. And they won't travel. They'll they'll struggle over there in Townsville. So, perfect game for the Cowboys to, yeah, I reckon it'll be 20, 20 plus for the Cowboys. Yep, they should get back on track with the win there. Uh, the big one on Friday night, 7.55, Suncorp Stadium, the Brisbane Broncos hosting the Melbourne Storm. Carrot, your boys haven't beaten the Storm in about 63 years. Is this the week that they can get them? Uh, if they had to put a performance on against the Knights, I'd be a little bit more confident going into it. But, uh, yeah, with Hughes back for the Storm, uh, yeah, Storm will have too many points. Storm will have too many points in them. And, yeah, we're we're still a level below the top sort of six sides. We're, we're on that seventh, eighth level. And that's where we're probably realistically probably going to finish at, you know, seventh or eighth. So, yep. yeah, it'll be, un- unfortunately, it won't be. I don't. I'd love to see it, mate, but I don't think it'll be a weekly bit still. All right. So your boy Billy, he's uh, he's been named at the nine this week. Um, Payne Haas and Flegger in the front row, Kirk Capel, Jordan Ricky, Kobe Hetherington. You're obviously missing Pat Carrigan a little bit with a bit of punch at the middle. What, what do you think is an honest honest assessment with this game? A Storm going to get it one to twelve? Oh, I don't think so. I think I think it'll be one to twelve for a good 60, 60 minutes of the game, but I think Munster. Munster and Harry and that in the last sort of 10 or 20. I think it'll be very similar to when we played them uh, at the start of the year around, you know, around uh, origin time when we played and We were riding it 60 minutes and I thought we'd give them a fair shake. But yep. yeah, Harry Munster, Harry Munster and Hughes are, yeah, you look at those three compared to, uh, you know, Reynolds is a good good solid halfback, but yeah, he's not on Hughes levels and Harry will, <laughs> you got Harry against Billy Walters and Jake Thurston, so that's sort of where the, where the game will be won. So I yeah. think it'll be sort of yeah, it'll be 13. It'll be around, I reckon, 14 to 16 point mark. Uh, yeah, and basically he'll come up and probably have a little coffee with uh, Uncle Wayne, I'm sure, to uh, talk about 2024 and onwards. So it uh, could be a big weekend for Cameron Munster. Um, 3 p.m. on Saturday, the Parramatta Eels hosting the Bulldogs. Bulldogs with the new Cameron Seraldo signing as their head coach for five years. Uh, the Eels, absolutely Pathetic last week. Couldn't score a point against South. They do get their halfback and Mitch Moses back. Are they going to come out hungry or are they just going to roll down and die to the dogs? Well, this will be huge. They they can't afford... I think their next two weeks... Well, next week I know they play the Broncos and then... Who do they play? They have another really tough game round 25. Let's have a quick look who they're playing round 25. So... This is more or less a must-win game, I think, for the Eels. Oh, they played Storm. The storm, storm so. yeah, on a Thursday night. So um, <sighs> they've got a pretty tough run to finish the season. Yeah, they, they have to turn up. They've just got to beat the Doggies this week. There's no, no getting around. If they lose the Doggies this week, could be they could be in really hot water and the Raiders should win this week. So the Raiders could be only two points behind them. So mm. um, you'd be... you'd be. I don't think anyone would be chipping... I don't think any dog supporters would be chipping the Dogs, but um, you're never quite sure. Last time the Eels played the Dogs, when was it? Six or seven weeks ago, the Dogs absolutely tailed them up. So. They did, yep. Yeah. And they'll probably be pretty confident from that too. Like, I mean, definitely when a team beats a team during the year and they play them a second time, they've definitely got their tail up, even if you think that they're no chance of winning. Um, yeah, some teams, I mean, look at, you know, 
Penrith and Parramatta, you know, like Parramatta had beaten them early in the year and they obviously had their, their tails up and thought we can do it again and they did. So uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past the Doggies. The Eels, I just can't, they're the worst team to, to pick this season. I can't pick them any week in my tipping comp. I look at them and go, I don't know who's going to show up this week. I don't know if I can tip the good Parramatta or the bad Parramatta, but at $3.25, I'll go a sneaky upset on the Dogs this week. Tipping in my tipping on the eels, but um, yeah, I won't be putting any money on that's for sure. <laughs> Five thirty Saturday afternoon, beautiful Manly hosting the Cronulla Sharks. Manly, you're bagging Cherry Evans, but big big news this week. Jason Saab done his ACL. Um, you hate to see it, especially against one of the speedsters in the league. I hope he still comes back and as fast as an electric as he is, but. After tearing ACL and someone who's explosively fast like Jason Saab, probably probably sad we won't see him probably that fast ever again. The Sharkies, like you said, they need this win to try and uh, get that second spot from the Cows. Carrot, how's this one going to go? Ah, Sharky, 13 plus. Jakey, Jakey Trevojevic has broken his hand or this mm. up as well, so he's out, he's out three to six weeks. So Yeah, they've put Dylan um, Walker at lock. He couldn't get polar opposites. Like you got a <laughs> sort of an attacking player who doesn't do the basics and then uh, I, I don't know uh, Desi sort of throws throws some curveballs balls in so Sharkies will the way the, the, to leak four, or they leak 44 points against the Titans mm, just, that's pretty bad that's absolutely that's diabolical so mate Sharkies is it at Brookvale or is, is it at Manly's or is that at Shark Park it's at Four Points Park okay. yeah Manly are at home at Four Points Park so they, they have the advantage they've of got playing some, at home but yeah I think they've only. I think they've only. Sharks have only beaten them once in like something ridiculous amount of years at Brookvale, Four Pine Park, whatever you want to call it. So that might be a little bit of a stat for them. But bogey venue. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is bogey venue. But uh, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't be tipping against the tipping against the Sharks the way the Eagles play. <laughs> no, same. I will back the Sharks in that one. Uh, closing out Sunday night at seven thirty-five, Sydney Roosters. At the SCG, hosting the West Tigers. Tigers have, have been playing some okay footy probably in the last five or six weeks um, since they had a change of coach. Adam Dewey obviously coming back into the team and getting fit, sort of giving them a little bit of a dimension and attack. Do they stand a chance at all about getting close to the Roosters? Nah, nowhere near them. Uh, like I was saying earlier, Roosters Roosters have moved right up, mate. Oh, Roosters are my... Uh, um, I think they're going to be in the grand final with Panthers if... If they don't get any injuries, the way they're playing, it's finally all sparked into them. The way they're playing with Kerry and Walker and everything is just absolutely working. And they're just dominating up the middle. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how on earth they were allowed to sign Matt Lodge, which uh, I think that <laughs> August rule is absolutely farcical. But, you know, Lodge for all his flaws, you know, he's, he's, he's a, <laughs> I'll say a lot of bad things about Lodge. Even when he was at the Broncos, I didn't, I didn't think we should sign someone, you know, with his, the way he acts. But, Mate, he is, he's, he's a very good front row. So, yeah. <laughs> even where he Hargraves in that first 20 minutes, they just they, they absolutely destroyed the Cowboys. Like, mm. yeah, Tamalolo and uh, who was the other starting? Was it Did they start Cotter? Whoever they started in the front row, they got destroyed. Cohen Hess. So, you know, Cohen Hess was getting yeah, dominated right. by everyone. But, yeah. Yeah, so those two fellows. And then with Watto coming off the bench up the middle, he's, he's playing a power game. and Love Watto. My yeah. boy Watto. He's got probably the most gorgeous hair Water. in the world. Oh, what a move away from the Knights. He's, he's going to be playing finals footy. He's a chance to win a premiership. What a move from the Knights it was. So. Yeah, it's a good move because yeah. he, pro- he probably would have been in that cubicle with Ponga uh, on Saturday night. So he's thinking, yeah, geez, oh, I, sure, that, that yeah. could have been me there. And now here I am, hopefully, uh, contending for a premiership with the Roosters. And uh, 
I'm the face of U Foods and uh, every other NRL ad that's going on at the moment seems to be Watto. Paper hands Watto is apparently what they're calling him these days. He loves a loves an endorsement deal. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, same for me, mate. Yeah. I think uh, Roosters thirteen plus, and uh, they'll be getting the cheese next year. So, um, mate, uh, you know the sombrero cap just keeps on working for the Roosters. Here we go. Two p.m. on Sunday, Macca's Dragons hosting the Titans. Titans, after we said, put forty four points on the depleted Manly team last week. Can they back it up and go another win against the Dragons, or are the Dragons actually going to play for something instead of uh, starting Mad Monday early, Kerrod? Bit of a tough game to tick. You probably, you definitely would have been tick, uh, tipping the raid, uh, tipping the sorry, the Dragons. Titans actually turned it on, and they first time all year they're actually giving Tafita clean early ball before the line, oh. so we can take the line on. So who would have thought? Who would have thought that that's all you had to do with a big, strong, hard-running back rower like Tafita is just give him early ball and let him go to work? Like I. I I don't know why someone hasn't said something like that before, really. Tanner Boyd's actually a good halfback. Like, he was the Australian halfback. And I remember, remember at the Broncos, there was huge raps on him and he was going to be the next big thing. Rah, rah, rah. And then he tightened and signed him because there was no room. I don't know who Broncos had in the halves at the time. They probably had Brodie Cox or someone stupid. But he's actually pretty... He looks good. His, his service is good. His kicking game is good. He's, Titans, Titans might get the win in this one. I think Titans might have a few more points than the old Dragons in them. So, might yeah. put the Titans in that one, mate. Dragons don't score a lot of points, but... They're still the better team, and the Titans are still horrible in their outside backs uh, in defence. Um, nah, I, I, I think I think Dragons still get this one. Um, Titans might throw the ball around because their season's over, but so is the Dragons. Their season's over. They can't make the eight now, so I think I think maybe you might see the Dragons actually throw the ball around and maybe put some points on for once. So, uh, yeah, still Dragons for me, but it'll probably be a 1-12. Yeah, well, it'll, be a, uh, the, it'll be interesting what Dragons rock up with because if... Dragons lose that game. There's already a fair bit of pressure on old Hook as it is. So mm. if they lost that one of the Titans. There might be the uh, Wolves at the door for old Hook. So it'll be interesting whether the Dragons turn up for him again. Mm-hmm. 4 p.m. on Sunday, the round finishes off at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Newcastle Knights hosting the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders are pretty much the only team outside the eight that still have a chance of making the eight. Uh, the Knights in a bit of disarray. They dropped a couple more players, including Bradman Best and Nari Tuali, um, for team reasons uh, today. So they've been dropped. They've brought in Christian Mapalangi. I think I got that right. Dominic Young, Edric Lee are back on the wings. Uh, yeah, I just just finished the season three weeks early for the Knights. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to want to rock up and play. Apparently David Clem has been named, even though none of the players like him and don't want him there. So... No one wants the coach there. The coach hasn't been sacked yet. I don't know why. Maybe they're just waiting until the end of the season. But the Raiders still got everything to play for, even though it's in Newcastle. I'll say Raiders by 24. Yeah. It, yeah it'll be the same, same story. It's whether the Knights want to turn up and actually play for O'Brien or not, which uh, for a certain points in that game, well, the Broncos handling was that bad, that it gave the Knights a chance. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think it could be a bit of a demolition job as well. I don't know what's going on. What's going on up there? What's going on oh, at that night? Like? Mate, all, I don't know. It's all I, just I, falling I, apart. Like. I switched out from the nights about eight weeks ago. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, like it just seems to be one bad thing after another. There seems to be just a lack of lack of leadership with everyone in, in the playing group. No one wants to play for one another. No one wants to listen to the coach. It's just, uh, I honestly don't know. I um, yeah. I feel sorry for you. He's got to be under pressure. O'Brien's got to be. O'Brien's got to be under huge pressure. Like. <sighs> They've got no one coming next year. That's what I was I was talking to Macker about it the other day. I'm like, 
what's going to change for the Knights next year? They who are they sign? Adam Elliott. Like Adam Elliott's going to be their saviour next year. They, yeah. you know, losing. He's a, he's another high character There's bloke to bring to a team that seems to have a lot of uh you know character problems at the moment. So Adam Elliott's a. Strange. I think he's turned his life around. I think he's turned his life around. He's playing well under Ricky, but he's not going to change change his club. So nah. and they're letting Milford go. Which why are they playing Milford? That's what Milford's going. Today, Mitch Barnett's going. Tex Hoy's leaving. Why are um, they playing? Surely there's a surely there's a young kid somewhere in Newcastle that a half somewhere in the lower grades in Newcastle that give him a crack. What are they playing Milford for? Like, oh, it does, does my head in when, you know, players are leaving the club and they've got nothing to play for. They're not going to play finals. Just tell Milford on your bike, son. We're not, well, you're gone. I said so. that a few weeks ago. I don't know. You brought Jay Clifford and Adam Clune there. They were two young halves. I mean, why aren't you playing them? Why are you playing this guy who's a rental for 10 or 12 weeks? Like, exactly the same thing. You got him, you got him for next to no money. Uh, I don't know why... You're playing him, and you're basically hurting your relationship with your young halves by swapping well, him in and out all Clifford, the time. Oh yeah, that's right. I think Clifford broke his hand. To be fair, that's why he's not in the side. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'd play Crossland or something, mate. It, it does my head in that he's leaving the club. Yeah, Milford, and they keep playing. All they're doing is helping the Dolphins next year by giving Milford more game time, getting him more. And, oh, yeah. mate, he's so far past it, Milford. He's mate. You watch him play on the weekend. It, it's hard. It's hard to think how good Milford was in 2015. Like, yeah, I know I'm a Broncos supporter, mate. You remember 2015, 2016? He was, he was electric. Every time Milford got the ball, it was like, literally anything could happen here. Now he, he gets the ball, and it, it's it's hard to watch someone fall away. He's only 28 or 29 years old as well. So. Yeah, Edric Lee's another one too. He's going to the Dolphins, so there's another player leaving the night. So they do, they do have quite a few guys leaving, and obviously David Clemmer will probably be gone. After this season, so yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, <laughs> who the hell knows what's going to happen with the Knights next year? Like I said, they've probably got a big off season coming, and um, they're going to need a new coach and need some new players. And uh, yeah, who the hell knows how they they turn the ship around from here? But uh, all I can say as a Knights supporter is, up the Cowboys, bring back Brownie, bring back Brownie, <laughs> bring That's back Brownie. <laughs> That's going to do it for another episode of NRL 720 Podcast. Make sure that you guys are listening, are subscribing and liking on all our platforms. Kerrit, good to hear you back on the pod, mate. Um, good to get you after a, a Broncos win, even though it was over the depleted nights. How's uh, rest of the week looking? And uh, we'll see you all next week.